Hey, welcome to the Afikra Community Podcast. This series features a presentation every single episode given by a member of the Afikra community. Every single one of these people you should know is not an expert in what they are talking about, but rather they are driven by their authentic curiosity to learn something new about the Arab world, its histories and its cultures. Each one of these presentations is the product of the person going through our workshop series, finding a topic that they're curious about, honing that question with us, and developing it into a compelling presentation. Some of these are long presentations, about 45 minutes, and some of them are what we call Africa Forwards, where they're simply recommending something for you to check out. The goal is to highlight scholarship that already exists, to celebrate it, and to learn. I hope you enjoy it. If you're interested in learning more, go to africa.com slash library. Thanks. Okay, good evening, and thank you for joining us on Africa tonight. Uh, the presentation is about um, an article that I read on Ahram. Uh, it's called Between Art and Activism, Inji Aflatun's Life Revisited. Um, this is a link to the article. And the source is the section on uh, Ahram Online that's called Arts, Arts, and, Arts and Culture. And it's basically an online resource for um, art, culture, uh, news, and you know things that are happening in that sphere. And they cover visual arts, performance arts, and music of all sorts. It's really cool. Uh, recommend you guys check it out. So um, basically, a little background about Angie Aflatoon. Uh, she was born in Cairo in 1924. Uh, in an aristocratic uh, upbringing. And um, she was raised by a single mother who used to um, design and make uh, high-end dresses for the royal Egyptian family. And so she really grew up interacting with that high society um, up until you know her late teens. And... Um, at some point, she had the opportunity to move to France, which her sister did, but she actually refused to do that. And she said that for her, she wanted she wanted to create a new life for herself. And for her, that meant uh, staying back home and connecting to her roots, which I found that very interesting because usually people, when they think about starting a new life or a new chapter, it's almost always like relocating to a new place and recreating themselves. But for her, she chose to stay in Egypt and reconnecting to, to, to her, her home culture. Um, around the age of 15 years old, Mahmoud Saeed was also an Egyptian painter. He was all established at the time. Uh, he was visiting them at home and he noticed that she has, um, she has a talent for painting. She has interesting insight that needs to be developed. So he uh, asked his friend Kamil Talmasani to tutor her. And uh, both Mahmoud Saeed and Kamil Talmasani were co-founders, or actually I'm not sure about Mahmoud Saeed, but Kamil Talmasani was a co-founder of the Egyptian Art and Freedom Group movement, which uh, really experimented with different forms of art and established a lot of um, kind of like precedence in art in, in Egypt. And so Kamil Talmasani agreed begrudgingly and he felt that this could be a challenge because Inji comes from a very sheltered life and she might not have, um, you know, the kind of insight or introspection to explore art uh, as art should be explored. But she actually surprised him a lot in, in the kind of work that she was making. So um, 
her earlier forms of art include surrealism. And um, she, uh, in general, surrealism is uh, considered a rebellious art form in, in its essence uh, against reality. Basically, the artists tap into their imagination and, uh, and into painting in the language of dreams. So that, that kind of a way to rebel against the reality, which at the time in Egypt really meant poverty, ignorance and disease um, for, for the, the mass populations. And those three things were the seeds of the 1952 revolution. So we can see here this painting by Inji, Girl and Monster. And it shows a girl who is crouching naked in uh, kind of a forest of monsters. And she was she was about, I think, 17 at the time uh, when she drew that. So she really surprised her tutor with the level of creativity that she can come up with, uh, despite her sheltered background. Um, and then her art kind of started evolving as she got more and more exposed to, to the local people, as she stepped out of her, uh, you know, the circles that she was born into. So, and she started getting more and more involved into activism and feminism. Uh, she, she committed genuinely to connecting to her Egyptian roots, not as the bourgeois ones, like like I mentioned, uh, more into like the working class and the working people. And so we see this painting here on the right, it's called Lan Nansa. And um, it's from her um, first solo exhibit in 1952, which reflected on the mass protests of 1951 against the British uh, presence in Egypt. And we see a lot of, like there's a sea of women basically. And um, that was really her attempt to show that the revolutions and the activism wasn't just a male-dominated space, but women were very much present, and they were making their their participation uh, known in what was happening on the ground by the people. Um, so, because of her affiliations, you know, with activism and communism, she was incarcerated in the crackdown by Jamal Abdel Nasser, and uh, she was imprisoned uh, between the years of 1959 and 1963. Uh, she spent a lot of time in solitary confinement, but also with other female prisoners. And during that time, really her style changed a lot. Um, she started drawing things that were more expressionist, focusing more on the subject matter of her, uh, of her paintings and included humans uh, more, more like clearer features. Uh, she, in her paintings, she really sought to capture a more raw and candid representation of the plight of women. Uh, she tried to capture the agony of the Egyptian society. And uh, there's like a series of portraits of the prisoners where she kind of dabbled with color and light to reflect the anguish of the life in confinement. For example, these are, these are some of the paintings that she produced while she was in prison. And we can kind of see two distinct um, forms of representations. Uh, the, the two paintings on the left are more focused on uh, like an individual person. These, both of these are from the series uh, Portrait of a Prisoner. And she, like we can see this kind of intensity in their gaze. Um, this, the, the expression that kind of varies between great distress um, and like icy fi fixity. And uh, she played around with linear drawings to draw like harsh facial features 
Um, she also played around with the skin tones, with the geometric juxtapositions um, that we can see on the faces, like with the different colors and all. And, um, and on the right, it's a completely different type of um, painting. These are more group scenes in which we see faceless figures, but all huddled together. Um, it, she, people kind of estimate that she was trying to allude to the dehumanization of the inmates by the prison system. And um, which, which I thought was really interesting because in, in both of these uh, types of paintings, she's, she's portraying life in prison, but she's conveying very different things in, in each of them, um, which was worth pausing and really like looking into the paintings. And then uh, after prison, she she was released in 1963. And so after prison, she really transformed into something that was in her art, uh, something that was more reaching outward, um, because because life in prison was was a very like stark contradiction to what she had grown up into. And so when she got out of prison, she was yearning for something that's a bit more open a bit, a bit more colorful and that really reflected in the art that she was making and so she would paint open spaces pastoral subjects and her color palette changed a lot there were less murky colors as uh, you saw in the previous paintings versus this one um, and more open spaces like i said and towards the end of her life there was wide worldwide recognition um, her works were exhibited in uh, several cities in europe including um the Venice Biennale, uh, Rome, Berlin, Paris, Prague, and a lot of other cities in Europe, um, all the way to New Delhi, actually, not just in Europe. And I feel like this quote kind of really like summarizes, this is from the article, and I feel like it really summarizes what she aspired to do. Uh, the artist, rebel, and woman who searched for her roots at a young age, rebelling against a life in bourgeoisie isolation, acquired and solidified her Egyptian identity through the years. Aflatun's love for her heritage and a desire to belong to this culture drove her art and activism. Um, it just really sums up this beautiful fusion between um, what she held very personal as her identity, connecting to her roots on the one hand, and on the other hand, um, kind of like exploring her artistic side and fusing those two things together. Um, and that's that's pretty much it for the presentation. Thank you for listening. Uh, these are some additional resources to learn more about Flatoon's legacy, um, her, her journey. There's a bit more details as well on specifically the like more technical details that I don't think I can explain very well about uh, the art that she produced while she was in prison and a bunch of other sources on her big bibliography. And thank you for listening. These are my contact information. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Four quick final notes. The first is, if you feel like watching this presentation in video form, look us up on YouTube, subscribe, hit that bell, do all that good stuff. Second is, if you ever feel like attending these events, we have them every Saturday, and you can find out more information at afikta.com slash RSVP. The third is, if you feel like developing a community presentation, we have workshops that are free and open to all every two weeks. You can go to afikta.com slash workshop. And the fourth is that our work is made possible by the hundreds of people around the world who are inspired by our work and want to build this movement. 
please consider becoming one of them and supporting our, our work at afrika.com support. Thanks so much. Have a great day and see you next time.